To see examples of what we talked about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Welcome everyone to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You know the song. You know this voice. It's your boy, Rook. Joining me, as always, is the man behind the machine. It's Mr. Don Moore. Hello, everybody. And our guest this evening, once again returning, the queen of the cliffhanger, the woman who leaves you wondering what the... at the end of every issue. (laughs) It's Miss Lori Calcaterra. Woo! Here I am, everybody. I drink your tears for tea in the morning, so... (laughs) (laughs) glory issue four yeah let's talk about it it, and you are as evil as ever (laughs) i mean i answered a lot of questions right no you did did. i did i'll give you that but you know once again leaving us in a position of going wait what happened Yeah. yeah awesome awesome I absolutely love it. So, Thank you. But tonight, you're going to talk about, drumroll. Trade paperback. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Oh. Your, first first arc, your first arc in trade paperback. Yes. So and. issues one through four. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, why? Why do that? Right. Well, you guys know this because we've talked about this. But when I wrote Path of the Pale Rider, it was intended to be a full length movie. So it's intended to be read all at once. So as we continue to go, we'll produce trade paperbacks every four issues. Um, Not only that, I just like the experience of being able to have like a like a book with everything in it. Right. And then when we get all 12 done in that first arc, we'll make an omnibus. We'll make all 12 into a book, too. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll be able to read it the way that it's intended to be read. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Uh, how do you feel now that you've got your first four done? Does, does, it, ha- does it have this feeling of satisfaction, but, like, <laughs> wanting more? Right on the nose. That's exactly where we're at. Like, ah, we got through act one of this first arc, right? But there is so much coming. And we do this every time where it's like you have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy the issue that you're on. But when you know what's coming and you know what's in the next issue, we're always so excited to like check this one off the list and start that next one. Because every time we get further into the story, things get that much crazier. Was this one not so much crazier than anything that you have read since? There was a lot more movement in this. A issue. lot more action. You know, there's big there, scenes. Yep. Yep. Definitely. You know, you get a You get a better idea of how the world collapsed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got to tell you the first issue dropping right in, right into the time that, that it's in and, seeing the world as it is was alarming was was kind of like okay well like how, how? did this happen 
Yeah. And, you know, in your first issue, first two issues really didn't didn't go into, you know, the idea of how it happened. And these last two issues being uh, three and four being flashback to what actually broke down the process of society breaking down. Not what actually happened because we still don't know. Still don't know yet. We're not there yet. We still got a little ways to go before Jude gets there, but he will get there. Uh, you know what? Is that done? I'm 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 kind of surprised we're gonna find out so soon. Well, it's like out of the twelve issues, I think it's issue ten. Oh, okay. So it's still a while. It's still a little ways away. So if there's like you know first, second, and third act, he finds out kind of in the beginning of the third act. I got you. Which would be appropriate for a movie, right? Right. Yeah. And then yeah. how he. What he does with that information is kind of like the end of the movie. So yeah, yeah, it's you know it's it was interesting to step back and see things start falling apart, things coming coming apart and breaking down, and how people drew lines. Yeah. Um, what what his family, what his, him and his dad did to protect his mom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, his his reaction, uh, you know, taking his disc off and putting it on his mom. <laughs> he was like, this can't, it's not right. You know, like it was almost a moment of disbelief. And yeah. one thing, real like there's so many nuanced things in the art in issue four. One of the things that Marco did is uh, in those first few pages was when the mom has the realization that she is indeed undead, the panel's upside down. Yeah. So that's signifying like their whole world is now upside down with that realization. There is no turning back. That's when it all changes for them. So stuff like that, that he does visually, it just, it was spot on. Um, There's really cool stuff in there that was Marco's choice is like the sunglasses at the end. That was Marco. (laughs) I was like, that's so cool. Thank you, sir. Um, stuff like that that he throws in there that just makes sense. And even my colorist, Matt, um, there was a thing with the visors. I'm not okay. going to say exactly this, the scene, but the scene with the afterwards when they're hiding. We'll just say right. that. Right. And you look outside and there's the collectors and they have these yellow visors, but they're pointing yellow flashlights. In other words, they're pointing the judgment everywhere else but themselves. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Nice. And if you look at them, they don't wear discs. Yeah. 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 I'd noticed that in the, in the, you know, in their armor and everything, they're not wearing discs. Like they're so confident that they're, they're alive. They're right. That they're just going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, well, um, and they're of the belief that if they were to die, that someone would just turn them in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that that ought to be some interesting, make for some interesting things maybe later on with collecting. You're definitely going to see more of them. Oh, yeah. A lot more. You're going to see more of the mystery person that we introduced. There is a mystery person. This scene is very, very interesting. And I'll tell you what, once you get into, once we get into like issue 13, you get to meet this person in earnest and under, like you'll get to know them, who they are and what they're about. And that whole thing that you just saw will change. So in my head, 
the the scene where we see him, I, I take great notice of his mask yeah. and his coloration. So I've just been like calling him, um, and I, I immediately when I when I spotted him, uh, I was like, "Who is this little viper?" Oh, so I've just been, been nicknaming him the Viper, and I'm like, "Oh, the Viper's back!" Oh, wait, what is going on here at the end? <laughs> yeah, you got to follow where he is in that scene. Yeah, I did. I went back and started rolling back through it, and he he actually shows up in the back, mm-hmm. you know, in the scene, leaning in and everything. You know, he you can tell it's very planned what he did. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He's what he's sneak- about. Yeah, he's, he's a sneaky little guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But is he alive or is he undead? You know what? At this point, I don't think that matters yet. You don't know, Until huh? I find out more of his motivation. <laughs> he's kind of ambiguous. If you look at his features and you look at his eyes, because, again, the undead all have these great eyes, you really aren't sure which way he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I noticed, you know, is that he, like, looking at him, it feels like he's alive, but he doesn't, wow, this whole episode but just But Jude's to reaction to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, everything, what you just said, though, about you don't know what he is, that's kind of the whole series. <laughs> I mean, and I, I, I got to explain I've only read the first issue and the fourth issue. I didn't read two and three. What? Well, I I didn't get them. Rook lent me the first issue. Uh, when we first it? had oh, Laurie I'm on. Sure. I'm so sorry, no, Don. No, no, it's that's funny. But when we first had Laurie on, I had what eight pages, seven, eight pages, and that's yeah, that's I, all we had. And that's what I talked to her about. Yeah. And, uh, when Rook lent me the the first physical copy. And we talked about this in the show. We've talked about it without you on the show. It's a different read. Yeah. But anyway, I got the fourth issue, and I read it. I, I got to explain. You know, when you buy comic books, it's to me, it's just a pleasant thing. When you read them, it's like you get them, you read them quick, and, um, and you're like, you want more. When I read comics for guests coming on the show, it's a different experience because – I try to save them before the guest comes on so they're fresh. And you're like, well, I got to I gotta get to this. I got to read it. And I'm usually reading them like, like, you know, digitally, which I don't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I read this one today. And I was shocked at how quick it was over. I'm like, oh, come on. And I went and I counted the pages thinking I got shortchanged because it seemed like I read seven pages. And um, and that's honestly, that's a that's a tribute to great storytelling because it's the full pages. It's a robust story. But I'll tell you, um, it reads quick, even though there's a lot said in it. It was 28 but, pages. It's actually longer than our yeah, other ones. Because yeah, well, I'm thinking, I felt like, like I, I feel like I read seven pages. I'm like, let me clarify yeah. to the listeners. <laughs> it was a uh, full 28 pages. <laughs> I, you know, when I'm saying this, I yeah. felt like I read an Archie short story. Is what it it just reads quickly. Um, that that cartoonist, the British cartoonist, Alan Davis. All of his stuff reads really fast. He's just that good of a storyteller. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he, you could read 100 pages to his and seem like it's six. And that's the same. I'm saying this with great admiration. Thank you. I'm like, wow, that was fast. Anyway, I read the thing three times. But it, it just reads quickly. It reads easy. But I'm really surprised, even though it's it's the story. Of the fourth issue, to me, is a story about people needing relationships. You need to be around other people. Um, and, you know, during the pandemic, we didn't go anywhere. One of my favorite things is when I was able to go to the comic store again. I got to know the guy that ran the store, and we were talking. And I just said to him, it's nice to be around someone else and just feel off their energy. And he said, yeah, I feel the same way. You were saying this with masks on, but, you know, um, that's how I read this book. Um and not just, you know, with his with his family, but also with the I love the person he met. I, I'm trying not to give anything away. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, she's doing it again. She's doing it at a fast pace, but she's doing it again. Um, I, I really take my hat off to this. And even though I only read the first or fourth issue, I I didn't get lost. It wasn't like, what's going on here? <laughs> Thank you. We're going to make sure you get issues two and three, okay? But, well, how many people, we are talking about this in the show all the time, how many times when you read a comic, you don't have all the issues? Well, not so much these days, but in the past. Yeah. If you're reading any comic, Batman, Fantastic Four, you pick up a comic, you your collection was Swiss cheese. Nobody had all right. the issues. But you were never really lost. And that's how, how I felt when I read the fourth issue. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I mean, there's things happen. I'm thinking, well, I didn't see this. But mm. you, you picked me up right away. Uh, you whipped me off my feet again. Thank you very much, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I love good feedback. I love any kind of feedback, but it always makes me feel like I do my job the right way <laughs> when I get to talk to people that enjoy, you know, the comic and are following along and we can dig into the story and talk about like the meat and potatoes of what's going on. Um, you did didn't try think, the riddle, did you? <laughs> I'm just curious. No, I, that's on Rook's side. Is anybody listening to the show knows I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I did finish the issue going, Glory, Glory. I did that again, so thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. So I have not tried the riddle yet because I feel like, uh, well, for anybody listening, a little peek behind the curtain, we're, we're a little bit uh, ahead of everybody getting to read this. Uh, yeah. By the, by the time this airs, uh, it'll be, in, it will it'll be, out. be out there for mm-hmm. y'all. So I kind of felt a little like an unfair advantage trying to do the riddle so soon. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, because it's not turned on yet. I'm turning it on this week. So there is oh. it like, there's an activation process. So that's why I was like, <laughs> I haven't turned it on. So if it, you tried it and it didn't work, you're probably still right. It just, it didn't, it won't go through until I turn it on, which is, oh, I'm hoping to get that turned on tomorrow. So Oh, good. I, I, I don't I don't feel bad for being like, I'm just going to wait on the riddle this time. <laughs> no, you had you did the right thing. You needed to wait on the riddle. So for people who aren't <clears throat> familiar with Lori Calcaterra and Path of the Pale Rider, the back of every issue is a riddle to solve. And it 
takes you to some place in the real world where you can interact with the world like it's real. So we have like um, websites you can find. We have hidden YouTube videos. We have um, what was the other thing? You got something in the mail from one of the characters. Um, and now this one, I'm not going to say what it is, but you no, still no, get don't. in. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> No spoiler on the riddle. No I feel like we're on the riddle. He's gonna solve the riddle to figure it out. But there, um, this one is a little more challenging than the last one. The last one was just like a QR code scavenger hunt. Um, so you didn't have to solve anything. You just had to scan all the QR codes to find the right one. This one, you actually have to solve the riddle. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> It'll be good. But yeah, so trade paperback is coming. Let's talk about um, this for a, a second. Of... Go ahead. With the trade paperback, uh, are we going to be getting some, spe- like, you know, we're used to yeah. always being spoiled in trade paperbacks and getting, like, some behind-the-scenes artwork, some, some preview stuff of, like, what it was like creating the book. Are we going to be seeing some of that in the trade? So here is what I have as bonus material in the trade. First and foremost, we went back to issue number one and we colored the whole issue. So you're going to be getting issue one in color instead of the black and white that everybody has had for so long. So trade paperback will be all four issues in color. And then the bonus material, you're going to get obviously all the variant covers in the art you're going to get additional um, journal entries from Jude St. Clair. You're going to have a map of the apocalypse. And you're going to oh. have some of the scripts. But yeah. I'm going to have to change some names. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> so that's what's in the bonus material right now. The map sounds good. I, when Rook reacted, that's how I felt. I, I'm kind of excited about the map. Yeah, uh, it'll be the map that'll show, like, at the end of Ford, Jude picks up a map. So you're going to see, like, where he started. Um, we mentioned where he is in issue four uh, in his, you know, when he's talking to himself. So you can kind of see where he's gotten in a short amount of time. But he lost his vehicle. So now it's going to take a lot longer um, to get where he wants to go. So you'll be able to see on the map what kind of things look like, what cities have disappeared um maybe some notes from jude st Clair himself so you'll get a better idea of what the country looks like at the end of the fourth issue nice yeah then then we're going right into five (laughs) (laughs) we don't stop we don't know how to sleep (laughs) no we don't sleep (laughs) poor marco i'm sure he's sick of me at some point it's like no laurie no (laughs) (laughs) i need a cover get started (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way, the cover, the color is outstanding. I, you know, I read the first issue in black and white. I know it's been in color, but I haven't seen it. But I haven't really. The color, it. the color continues to tell the story as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, it goes with it. It was nice. Um, I had a point before I was going to say that. Now I forgot what it was. Oh, there's some people I'm sure that haven't listened to the other four episodes you've been on. Oh. <laughs> Could we get a synopsis of what the the story's about 
I know. I pretend like, you know, no one else is listening and that we're just hanging out. <laughs> we do this all the time. Path of the Pale Rider is a Western apocalypse series where death has been broken. So your body can die, but your soul doesn't leave your body upon death. But you're still you. You don't become a zombie. You're not brain-eating, flesh-craving. It's just you, me, Rook, Don, (laughs) your neighbor, your mom. But as your brain decays in your skull, you become forgetful or violent or detached. It hits everybody differently. And since death is missing, that is for people, animals, insects, fish, everything. Death itself has been fundamentally changed. So um, we follow Jude St. Clair. We start issue one 10 years into that apocalypse and you get to see what the world looks like. Things have pretty much devolved back to the Wild West. And he's kind of the last guy still looking for the answer. Why do the dead no longer die? Yeah. 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 We want to know. We want to know. That's part of the fun, right? Because most, we've talked about this before too. It's like most zombie trope movies, comics, whatever, they're so focused on their survival that they don't tell you what started it or how it happened or, you know, none of that. Uh, But that's the focus of this guy that we're following. He wants to know. And he has this journal full of conspiracy theories. Um, and he's driven to figure it out and to see if he can put things back to the to the way it was. Um, who knows if he'll be able to or not. That's way far out there. <laughs> but we're having fun where we are. And uh, so far we've shown undead bears and saloon brawls. And then we jumped back in time. Uh, we got to see, you know, the emergency room the day that death went missing and had a nice revisit of the pandemic in issue three. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that between issue three and four, that's the big difference where it was like Jude and his family watching the TV and seeing the destruction happen to everybody else. And then in four, it comes home. Yeah. And then he has to experience that for himself. He's in it. So, that's well, the big difference. You know, like you just mentioned with other other zombie stories, survival. I still get that in this. There's diff- oh yeah, we still have that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of survival as you normally see in, in a zombie type story, but there's also different kinds of survivals. I'm trying not to give anything away, but you know, I mean, stuff that you do day to day. Like if you're embezzling from your company, and, you know, you're trying to hide that. It's the same kind of thinking. Not that I've ever done that, but. <laughs> Right, right. No. But it's, um, yeah, it's amazing all the different levels. And it's like, again, I'm trying to, when he was in the town. Like, for example, the ethical questions that come up with people being undead and still being themselves. How long can you own property? Can you own a firearm? Can you drive a car? You know, how are the rights? When do you become a, a liability? And it's different for everybody. Yeah. Well, and how do you deal with that as a culture, as a society, the government? That's something I noticed in issue four with his mom is that she like, oh, no, is she in the bathroom again looking in the mirror? So like it and it's only been what was it? It was only like three weeks, right? Only a couple of weeks. And she was already on the steep. I mean, it's a steep decline. Your brain is dead. (laughs) You're rotten. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just it seems so strange to see her go down that path when we've seen a few others uh, in the book that weren't that seem like they've been in the condition of dead for a while, but nowhere near as down the path as his mom has gone. His mom just seems to have gone down the path much faster. And it's different for all of them. And that's, I guess the hardest part is you never know, you know, once someone is undead, how long it will take them or what path it will take them. Are they going to be violent? Are they going to be forgetful or, are they just going to become a vegetable? Like nobody knows. And and to watch your family member go through that, God, I can't yeah. imagine. That's obviously one of my big fears, and that's why it's in the book. Yeah. Um, but you're going to see people that are decomposed, maybe more or less, and acting all all sorts of different ways. Um, and it, it, you know, and I wish we had more time to spend to show his mom, um, in her in her state we really didn't have too much time in this episode um but that's what we're doing in this short film so i'm starting filming tomorrow uh my actors and we did a table read on i want to say monday yes and uh we're starting to film and it's basically it's called a day in the life pun intended and uh in the first 10 seconds the father of the family the head of the family dies and so we really dig into what happens in a family when that happens. The house was in his name. He's got a wife and two kids. They lose his income. You know, he was in charge of picking up the kids from school. All this, all this stuff starts to happen um, and eventually goes downhill pretty quick. That's, so, that's amazing. We're going to spend a lot more time on that because we didn't get a chance to do it in the comic. Yeah. So. That's how we're going to deal with that. So how long how long is this uh, this plan plan piece that you're doing right now that you just did your table read for? Um, it should be about 10 minutes long is the plan. Um, I already finished the credits, which is funny. Um, <laughs> but I, I there's always some kind of fan participation um, element to my short films. And um, I've zombified about 40 pictures of people. Nice. That was awesome. So uh, it, people sent me just pictures of them making like crazy zombie faces. And I ran it through like three different uh, photo filters and like removed their pupils. They're, they're creepy. Right. And so the credits is what I call the zombie parade. It's great. So it's just a bunch of zombified fans. And I made up little stories of why they were collected. So it goes pretty quick, but it, it's uh, it's interesting. But it's fun, and I try to do something personal for everybody on the screen. So some of them are funny, some of them are scary, but overall, it's kind of the um, attitude of path. We uh, we're dark, but we're also funny at times. So um, and it's fun that people can participate and see themselves on the screen um, in the world. So heck yeah, heck mm -hmm. yeah, you know. Uh, and that's one of the fun things is you've always included the readers in your project there's always been something for them to participate in in each one of these uh just like i'm sure there's going to be a chance with the trade paperback kickstarter to be able to uh, actually i'm assuming we're kickstarter. we're doing kickstarter yeah yes okay all right good and make assumptions here uh, <laughs> <laughs> not with her not with her 
<laughs> yeah, no, you know, you can't assume anything with Lori because no. like, just as soon as you think it's blue, it's red. It's red. <laughs> <laughs> that's how well, I roll. It, you know, that's one of the things that's so fun about this book is that you just you you, you don't get a good idea of where you're going yet. You know, I mean, right. it. it the first couple issues being dropped in, the second two issues, uh, the the third and fourth issue being brought back to give you an idea of where everything, how it got here, you know. Yeah. And I can only imagine where Five's going to launch from. I mean, it's just, it's it's such a wild ride with this book. Five is nuts. We actually, uh, we start with, an, we're in the past. There's one more flashback. In the beginning of five, it's a rough one. Um, and then we catch up in time and we will we're going to be back in the jail cell with Dwayne Fink. You get to find out what he knows. Finally. I mean, we did that in issue two. And now he was like, I, no one believes me when I tell him I know something about the start of all this. And then it's like, oh, take you away, drop you into a flashback. Right. I'm so mean. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but you will get to talk to to Dwayne Fink. And um, there's a crazy ending to that one. Crazy. Oh, man. Sorry, Marco. I can't. <laughs> As you apologize to your artist. for I all do, because he has to draw all that crap. And to, and to Matt Chambers, too, my colorist, because he gets Marco's stuff and he was like, why? <laughs> and I mean, like, have fun with it, you know, but he's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> well. That's a question I have. Is there been a time where you've gotten any of the word back and you're like, well, no, you need to point this out or this needs to be corrected? I mean, like they missed a point in the story or has it just been what they put out is fine? Um, Marco and I usually go through the script before he even starts thumbnailing. So we talk about important plot points and what needs to be on the page. So typically he gets he gets all the important in information there. And um, the only thing like Rachel, my editor, she will find stuff like I ah, put the, you know, um, Jude St. Clair wears this wristband, which has been the bane of our existence since Marco drew it on him, because every other panel he forgets to draw the stupid wristband. And so I swore that once we got back in time that Jude's going to lose that stupid wristband so we don't have to draw it anymore. You know what I mean? Where it's like his he has one shoulder pad and one knee pad on his, I want to say, left side. And he'll accidentally draw it on the right side when it's protected. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's just dumb fixes. You know what I mean? Um, and it takes him a second to fix it and then we can move on with our lives. But he's never missed a plot point where I'm like, oh, no, you got to fix that. Like. That's not Marco. We make sure that it's right the first time it gets on the page. Um, I, Matt, I think I just have to explain to him, like, who's dead and who's not. <laughs> right. like, that I, guy's yeah. supposed to be green. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is I I have a lackadaisy way of being, being things, and I kind of miss things all the time. And that's what I'm wondering about, putting myself in the place, like, if I was a colorist, I could see where I would confuse the dead and the undead. Well, it's all black and white. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and I mean, it depends. Like, if they have a big facial wound, obviously, it's pretty apparent, yeah. right, if they're dead or not. But, like, we have a big scene that happened in four, and Matt was like, all right, you got to tell me 
how many of these people are alive and how many are dead, right? Because it's a big scene. So I was like, it's about 50-50. You know what I mean? Well, you're very clear. You're very clear when you you tell. I know we talked about this in the beginning. You're you're very clear in your writing, telling people what's going on. And I will say, I didn't feel like, I'm trying to get the mother's story. I didn't feel like it was told too fast. Okay, good. Everything in the world that you're doing, there's a lot of things happening. Um, It's like trying to hold jello in your hand. It's everything's slipping away, and I got that feeling. And again, I didn't read two and three, but when I'm just reading this, I knew what was going on. And yeah. even though it was fast, I I felt for the characters deeply. And, um, Thank you. But I, 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 oh, go ahead. Was, Marco can just draw emotion. Yes. You know those first four pages when she realizes what's going on. To the point where she's really upset and they're together as a family unit. It breaks my heart. Yeah. And I wrote it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just such the emotion behind it that he can capture is just amazing. Well, well that's what I meant. The storytelling. I'm sorry. The storytelling. You can read it quickly because everything is being done for the reader. I mean, the, the story itself, the visuals. It just takes your eye and just rolls with it. And um, mm-hmm. you don't have to. Like, there's a lot to think about in this, but you don't have to really think. It's done for you when you, you read it. It's, it's not like you have to sit there and dissect everything. Right. You certainly can, which Lori and I have talked about. Right. <laughs> uh, but you don't actually have to sit here and decipher, you know, deep seated meaning behind each panel that the flow is so good and it yeah. just it, it reads so easy but also so difficultly because of the scenes between his with his with jude's family i just you know this poor man yeah. this poor man you know he has been through so much and the third issue yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to spoil a particular part of what happens in the third issue with the yeah. family, but it just, when that happened, I was just, it, it's like I felt like I knew something like that would happen, but when it's, it actually did, I was like, damn it. Yeah. Wow, come on. Yeah, yeah. You, hope, you hope it's better. You hope it's better than what it's going to turn out from what you can see. Yeah. yeah. But then you remember who's writing, and you're like, damn it, Lori. <laughs> I've said that a lot in this issue. I've said that several times. And at the end, as I always do. <laughs> oh, I was like, if I do my job right, some of you have thrown your comic <laughs> across the room at the end. And then usually that last panel, you're just like, no. All right, give me the next one. <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me, give me. Give it to me. Need to know. Um. Yeah, yeah. The mom situation and and you know I wanted their interaction in the beginning of 4 to end on a positive note, but it could have been it could have been a lot more traumatic than it was. Believe it or not. You know what I mean? When you look at how crazy the world is, um you're going to see some really crazy undead 
that aren't able to control themselves, his mom could have easily become that. You know yeah. what I mean? And that would have been way worse. Yeah. Um, but at least he had that positive interaction with them before he stepped out into the world. And that actually that that's what drives Jude hundred percent. He is so determined to find the answer and he won't stop. We we've seen the losses that he's taken, but he just, yeah. he won't stop. Yeah. I mean, so. and it, you know, you get to the end of issue four and you realize he's got such a long journey ahead of him, but we know he makes it there, but what it took to make it there. And honestly, it feels like now, see, after reading four issues, it feels like now, yeah, he made it to the beginning of his whole thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're almost back to the beginning, people. That's where we are. And in fact, I love what um, Marco did. The very last panel of four resembles the very last panel of issue one. Yes. Yes. When Jude is walking off saying, you know, into Santa Claus saying, you better be worth it, Dwayne Fink. Mm-hmm. And at the end of four, he's walking off into the distance saying, I'm going off to Santa Claus. Yep. But it's the same perspective. So, again, we were trying to tie everything together and have this nice, you know, circle from issue one to issue four. So when you get it in a trade, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and it, it's funny you say that because not only is like the perspective the same, but I mean the attitude, the, the, the attitude, the body language in the drawing is the same. You just see that he's, you know, if you jump back to issue one, he's just he's just more geared up. He's the same I, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's the same dude. He just has way cooler gear now. Right. He might have a couple more scars. <laughs> <laughs> Still Jude. Yep. Oh, man. So trade paperback. Mm-hmm. Four issues. Did I show you these? No. Wait, wait a minute. What the hell is that? <laughs> this oh is a pillow plushie <laughs> of Big James. <laughs> I have the I have some really cool merch coming on the next campaign. I have pillow plushies. Um, I found you know the the glass that Jude dives for yeah. on the road yeah. on I-93 in issue one? The Vegas glass. The Vegas glass. Those will be on the campaign. Mm. <laughs> I have those. Um, I had someone make me some custom buttons. He's actually a fan, and he reads Path. So he was like, you know, I do buttons, right? I was like, no, let's talk. And he did, like, the buttons are amazing. Um, he's sending me the mock-up. He mailed it to me already. So I'll be getting those. And when I get those, I'll, I'll put pictures on social media. But it's a six pack of buttons that are super cool that I designed. And he made them beautiful because that's what he does. So we got a button pack. We're going to bring back the hot sauce because um, it, everybody's out by now. And I've had people requesting it. So it's like, all right, we'll bring back the hot sauce. Yes. Thank you. Because, <laughs> yes, I ran out and I just kind of went, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'll make sure I add those as an add-on as well. So people can, add, like, if you get a different tier, you can also add on a hot sauce. I have um, Big James t-shirts. They're going to be yellow. Do you remember the cover we did for issue three? with the ye- It was the yellow Big James cover with the blood splash and him yeah. standing on the road. Right. T-shirt of that. And hoodies. I have a hoodie coming 
that I made for myself in this last batch. So I'll be able to put pictures up of that so you can get a hoodie or t-shirt. It's the same design. You just choose if you want a hoodie or t-shirt yellow. And then I don't know if you've been watching my social media, but um, I learned how to bind books. I did oh. notice you've been binding books lately. What are we binding? I am going to print a mini trade in black and white. I'm going to hand bind them myself. Wow. So they will be unique. Yeah. Really? So they're going to be little. It'll have issues one through four. It'll have some, it'll have the stuff that I can put in there in black and white. So it's not going to have the variant covers, but it can have like their journal entries, the map and some of the script. Um, but I will be, I have book cloth and I have some really cool, uh, either holographic or silver, um, iron on. So I can, I'm going to design a cover for it. Um, when I get a chance to put them together, I'll put pictures of that up as well, but those will be, I think I'm making maybe 10 max. Yeah. So Cause that's a process. Be, yeah. Oh yeah. They take time. Yeah. Weeks. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, Dallas, our producer for the show, uh, he actually uh, did some book binding uh, with some of his old comic books. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he went ahead and collected his own trades and binded them himself. So, yeah, yeah. that's the plan. Um, I would love to take uh, just previous issues and then take all the staples out, bind them together and then make a hardcover. Um I'm thinking about doing that for other people's comics too, maybe in the future where it's like you can send them to me and I would unbind them, rebind them and make a custom cover for you. But that's a little ways away. People are like, I want to do that. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm not, I need to practice. Like I need to make sure it's quality before I rip someone's stuff apart and send it back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's your book. I hope it pay, stays together. Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. And then it falls apart. I'm like, mm, yeah, no, no. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely practice. And something yeah. I want to ask when you're bringing up all the, the extras and the Kickstarter campaigns. I've heard yep. horror stories, especially from a lot of seasoned professionals on Kickstarter. They promise you the world and then they find they either can't do it, they don't have time to do it, or the logistics of putting everything together. I've never gotten that from you. And saying this, Laurie will promise you the, the sun, the earth. She promises you the world. But... You always have a lot of stuff you're excited, but it seems to me like it's an easy thing. Uh, could you tell people about your Kickstarter experiences and how you've done these things? How I've done them? Blood, sweat, and tears, baby. Um, it's just a lot of pre-planning and making sure that you set your budget accordingly. Um, people, I think uh, I had the benefit of being in the working world for a long time. <laughs> And I worked for a company that was small. It was a family-owned company, and I ran the financials, and um, I learned how to budget, and I learned all of that, you know, at this business. And I, I'm so thankful I had that opportunity before I was like, I'm going to do this for myself. So um, going into Kickstarter, I do a lot of planning. I do a lot of budgeting. I do a lot of marketing. But I always make sure that the stuff that I offer on the campaign is doable. Mm -hmm. Um we have we do a lot of fun experiences on top of the the stuff too, like the slice and dice, um, yes. stuff like that, where I people get to vote on um, a watermelon or a pumpkin and they name it. They vote on a weapon and then I just destroy this <laughs> on a live stream. Um, so we do we do stuff 
that's um, appropriate, that's fun, that everybody can participate in, and that I'm 100% can deliver. Um, it's hard when you back a campaign and then people don't, or it's two years and you still haven't gotten your stuff. I've been in that boat too. You know what I mean? Or I've ordered things and they just don't arrive. So I never want to do that. Never, ever. So I always make sure I set my budget accordingly. So. Okay. The reason I ask you this is I'm not seeing blood, sweat, and tears. I believe you. but <laughs> It's behind the scenes. Like you, you have a really easy life and you just kind of, yeah. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I mean, honestly, and that's, I'm taking my hat off to it. Thank you. But I was just thinking about it, you know, Rook, you know, I'm, I'm with Rook all the time. We're good friends besides doing the show. Rook turns into an eight-year-old girl going to see the Bay City Rollers when he talks about this project. I'm sorry, Rook, but I do. He, he gets giddy. <laughs> and when he shows me the stuff, he's squealing, he's jumping up and down. Um, but I see that side of it, you know, receiving the stuff and getting the stuff. And we talk to you, and it's, it's great excitement. But it seems easy. But it's not. <laughs> you know, I, I, I believe you. Don't I, let I, me I, fool I, you, people. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but I just thought if somebody's doing a Kickstarter, they got to think about some of these things. Oh and yeah. You you have some fantastic, you know, extras in these things, and it just seemed like you get them out in a, a timely way. Um, Rook and I talked about, I don't, I haven't done Kickstarters. I've done one. And, um, no, I did two. two. You've done yeah, at least I did two. two. But, um, one was really pleasant. And the other one I waited for, it wasn't a Kickstarter. It was another campaign with another place. And that one, how many years was it? I think you said mm-hmm. it was like two year wait. Yeah, two years. No. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm was gonna, it a tabletop game? No, no, no. Then there's no excuse. Well, no was, excuse for that. It was the tabletop comp- game. I get it because if they're mass producing stuff in China, it yeah. takes a while. No, this is comics for Ukraine, mm-hmm. and um, it was um, it was a project. I can't remember who it went through. Um, anyway, but it it had um Howard Chaykin in it, Walt Simons, you know the big names. It was all yeah. these comics I love from the '80s, and they basically volunteered their time. Everything was, you know, done for free to raise money. Really slick package. And in the cartoonist, none of that was, it was logistics of everything else. But my my complaint to that was, there wasn't a lot of communication. That's and, you know, I waited for a long time and I whined about it to Rook on one episode. And the first half of the episode was talking about Kickstarter, you know, any kind of campaign and how you do it. And the other campaign I did, I would, my mailbox is filling up with information. So I was complaining about one. I was complaining with you. I complained a lot. but well, There's like a, it's hard. It's hard. You want to communicate, but you don't want to pest. I get so many emails from Kickstarter because I back a lot of stuff. Am I reading them? A lot of times I'm just deleting them. So what I learned to do is in a lot of these updates, I put the pertinent information in the title. So that way, when you get the email, it says just went to edit. And if you want to read more, you can. But at least you saw where we are (laughs) without having to go any further if you don't want to. 
So I try to update once a week, maybe, um, unless something big happens. And I'm like, here you go. Everybody's getting their digitals. Let's go. And it's a Wednesday. I don't care. You know, but typically it's once a week just so people know where we're at. I might go two weeks if people, you know, in the beginning and people are like, oh, they're doing art stuff. They're, you know, they're right. just getting started. Well, see, so if you're a psychotic like me, you have to read everything. <laughs> you. <laughs> you're the you're the best kind, though, because always when I send an update, I send a picture of something. And a lot of times it's either like behind the scenes or look at this cool merch that I just got in or, oh, my gosh, I would love to show you what Marco's working on, but I can't. So here's something else like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always afraid I'm going to miss something I need to see. So I read them all. But yeah, now, anyway, the reason I went on that whole tale of woe was just saying I've never gotten that, you know, looking at yours and listening to Rook talk about these and you get everything out. It seems to be in a timely manner. And some of the stuff that you are putting out, it's not, it's not just easy throwaway stuff. It, there's a lot of thought, a lot of love put into it, but it just seems pretty easy. And on, unlike the story, which isn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> also true. But that's, but I mean, that's my goal is to, I don't want people to get bogged down in all the things that I'm doing. I just want them to experience and have fun with it. Um, yeah, I'm doing stuff behind the scenes, but you know what I mean? That's just, it's indie comics. That's how it works. Um, yeah. it's, it's a job, believe it or not. People are oh, like, oh, it's yeah. indie comics. It's a hobby. And I'm like, I spend more time and money doing indie comics and I, when I was working, I didn't care. I clocked in and clocked out. You know what I mean? And I'm up evenings and weekends and going to cons and talking to people and emailing and booking. Po I am more busy now than I have ever been doing yeah. my hobby, quote unquote. But it's job. So, but again, I, I don't want people to focus on that. Yes, I'm working hard. That's all you need to know. Enjoy the comic. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's one thing that if uh, if anybody uh, was following you on social media, like uh, we uh, we're on Facebook together, and it, Lori, you are probably one of the most hardest working. I think it's you and Oneshi. You and Oneshi are uh, press are probably the two people that I follow that that are just constantly got something happening working on something you know but having fun letting people know what's ha what's happening with your projects with your work you know and it's it, it I'm, I'm the same with the kickstarter emails i delete so many of those so many <laughs> you know it feels like so many of the emails i get are hey i have a new project hey i have a new project it's like yes i already know you have a new project quit, yeah. me quit messaging me from three projects ago that you have a new project <laughs> right but you know with you your updates are like you said the headline is succinct you know exactly what's happening and it's like okay you know if I need to know more, I'll hit it. But, right. you know, it's – I never worry about delivery from you. That's one thing I'll, I'll say. And it, there's been there's been one, and I'm not going to say a name. Uh, there was one that I was like, man, where is this? Why isn't this here yet? <laughs> you know? Mine? Was it number no, two? No, not yours. Because not of my yours. printer disappearing? Because that uh, sucked. 
well, you know, it, it's funny you say that because I, I was just talking about that uh, recently with somebody about they were like, well, like how, how soon do you get these? I'm like, pretty quick, actually, unless their printer disappears. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it's Explain just how it, it goes. And it's like Marco and I um, and, and Matt, too, we're always pretty quick um, and getting stuff done. And then it's like I'm you have to be patient. And I'm still working on this for myself. Uh, because once it's done and I email those digitals, I'm like, okay, I'm ordering all the books and I want them next week. And that's not how it goes, right? Yeah, no, that's because not how it goes. It goes to my, my publisher and we make sure it's formatted correctly. And then it goes to the printer and then I got to wait in their line. You know what I mean? And then they got to quality control things, you know, pack them up and ship them. Um, and so I'm just chomping at the bit the entire time. But what happened in number two, I was just appalled. You know what I mean? You you are always looking for good people. And my this was the printer my publisher used. They don't use them anymore because he did this again. Not on my project, but on someone else's. And they fired him. He's done. So we have a new printer at this point, um, which makes me happy because it always freaks me out when they were like, oh, we're ordering from this place. And I'm like, are we still? Because we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> right? But they did. So it's so hard to, to find good people. You know what I mean? And you trust someone. And um, I tried to communicate as much as I could on that issue number two. And it was bizarre. Like we ended up launching number three before I had finished fulfilling number two because I was like, I just can't I can't postpone our entire year for this. Yeah, because and, I can I only run so many Kickstarters a year. Yeah. And that was a conversation you and I had. Actually, you were like, I, I don't know, really feel bad, like launching yeah. three and I'm still haven't delivered on two. And I'm like, listen, you've communicated, you've told everybody the, the facts of the case of what's happening. And, you know, it's not like you're not going to deliver. You know? Right. Well, at least everybody had gotten the digital already. Yeah. So they knew it was done and we were just waiting for the books to show up. But yeah. I mean, Messing up on number two, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to lose people. I'm going to lose backers. People are going to lose trust in me. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to create this track record and messing up on the second one. That's pretty early to mess up. So but I was pretty worried going into three that we were going to have uh, less people. But we did not. We had a bunch of people show up. And then, of course, we grew again for four. So yeah, yeah but that's, we just continue to again, grow that's about the communication that you have with yeah. your backers, you know? Um, so important. I, it, it's funny. You asked Don about, uh, was his one project that delayed tabletop? I was like, was it me? <laughs> I have a tabletop that I'm Still waiting. waiting. Um, it's, it's only a month late. It's only oh, a month late. You're not getting it anytime soon, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not getting it anytime soon because like the last update was in December telling uh oh, no actually wait we're two months late now oh yeah, it's february yeah. okay yeah it's february we're two months late now and the last update was like we have the blank proofs I'm like blank proofs at this Not point you guys ready. were supposed to be delivering <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny rook i tell you what my husband orders table tabletop games from kickstarter and they'll just randomly show up we got one that he ordered two years ago and we yeah. lived in Michigan two years ago, and somehow we got it in Texas. And uh, he was like, what's this box? He's like, is this for you? I'm like, has your name on it. 
And we opened it and we was like, oh, it's this really cool tabletop game I ordered two years ago. And I was like, I'm, su- yep. I- I'm surprised. You know what I mean? Yep. But when you're, like I said, when you're manufacturing things overseas, it takes a lot longer. So yes, it does. comic That's- book, you got no excuse, buddy. <laughs> two years, <laughs> too long. <laughs> yep. uh, when I did get the book, that was worth the wait. So, you know, it, my, my complaint on that project was communication. Although I did complain to Rook about the other one because it wasn't too much communication. It's just that I'm psychotic and have to read everything that comes to me. So, you know, if I was a normal person, it probably wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah. Man. Well, I'm ah. glad it was worth the wait. So that would be even worse if you got it after two years and you're like, oh, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, that would be the worst. Don't no. get it two years for this. Oh, no, it's a prized possession. I was really happy about it. Um, yeah, I, I sound like a whiny baby when I'm talking about this because the two projects, and one, I complain about one thing, the other one I complain about, and I love both the projects that came in. I'm happy I did them. But I just keep thinking, how does Rook work if he does like 7,000 Kickstarters a month? Ah, uh, 7,000. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Millionaire? Yeah. <laughs> no, where do you hear that number? You know, when you, you see Kickstarter, whenever you mention it, it has Rook's head up on the logo. You know, because he's, <laughs> he's Mr. Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm so glad my wife doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> uh, no, honey. No, it's fine. I don't I don't know when I ordered that. That must be from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so funny story. We we actually have at the end of every year we we have a sit down and, and financial you know conversation right. and like we did we did ours last year and she's like what are you spending on Kickstarter oh my god and I'm like um, but it's really cool stuff I mean there's so much cool stuff so like I, I like. We came to an agreement. I have a limit. I have a budget, you know, and, and it's, re- you know, it's respectable. I mean, you know, it's, you know. <laughs> Until I release all my cool stuff and Rook's like, honey, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny because, like, towards the end of last year, right after that conversation, a bunch of stuff started delivering. And I'm just looking at her like, I uh, promise I didn't do this. He's- from earlier <laughs> we already talked we already talked about it i promise <laughs> you know i was feeling bad about my kickstarter spending until i saw my husband's kickstarter spending i'm like i don't feel so bad anymore <laughs> oh, that's so funny but it, it's it's so much fun to be in this community you know with all these indie comics creators you know getting support and getting getting to put my money right in their hands, you know, instead of the hands of the distributor, oh, the publisher, you know, Diamond. and then watching the creator go, Hey guys, here's a, um, go fund me because my car broke. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So hundred percent, you know what I mean? It's, it's so difficult. Um, we looked into some distributing charter. We were trying to get into Lunar and it was ridiculous. Like you had to sell almost like five thousand copies before they would even pay you a dime. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And That's it's insane. like just because you're in um, previews does not mean that comic book stores are ordering your stuff. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. 
might take forever. I was like, man, how how do you win at this game? (laughs) How do you win? Because we haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) I think think you've got a pretty good start in it, you know? I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, not only... All right, so anybody who who's not paying attention to Lori beyond Path of the Pale Rider, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to talk for a second about her Tuesday morning podcast, um, her friendship with other creators that she has helped with their Kickstarters, brought to our attention, had had them talk to us. Uh, you know, you're not just out here for yourself you're out here for the community and i think that's even more so why i absolutely love and adore backing the things that you bring to the table thank you i I mean i when i started and i'm not i haven't been around that long you know what i mean like i gotta remind people like we published in 2022 yeah (laughs) july so it's not like we've even been around for two years i knew nothing had nothing had no community had no platform um, and people did that for me. They guided me, they answered my questions, my six million questions that I had. Cause if you know me, I'm a little OCD when it comes to creating these Kickstarters. <laughs> so, you know, I want to pay it forward. Um, I love having people on the Tuesday morning brew. Um, I get to not only showcase what they do, I get to learn about them and a lot of times we talk shop. So I learn new things and, you know, that I implement into my own strategies based off of what works and what doesn't for them. So it's, it's so, so great to be able to talk to people on the show. I have a Wednesday show, too, now um, that I host. It's called Any One World Showcase. I'm a part of ASAP Imagination and Any One World over in the UK. Um, so I host that show as well. Um I just, I love being active. I love, I love sharing tips and tricks for Kickstarters with people. I love going on podcasts. Um, I like being a nerd. So I just have, (laughs) I'm having fun and I will just continue doing it until I'm not having fun anymore. When it stops being fun, then I will quit. (laughs) Yeah, but let's make sure we get to issue 12 first. Yeah, I was going to say, at least figure out, like, we'll release issue 12. You're going to hate me because, um, we're going to do issue 13 and we're going to jump right back into it. You know what oh. I mean? Like I give you a nice ending in 12 kind of like I allude to what I allude to what's coming, but it's a st- I mean, like the first 12 is a standalone. So if we never do issue 13, it wraps it up nicely. But as soon as we kick down the door with 13, it just takes off again. Then you're oh. going to hate me. I, I, people want them. I don't think people want them. A clean, a clean wrap up. I think they want more. I'm, I'm oh, saying for me, <laughs> from my perspective. There's a ton more, and it's like I don't answer all the questions from the first arc, like who the mystery person is. You find out in thirteen. Wait, the Viper? The Viper. Oh, come on. You see him? <laughs> you're gonna see him again in the first twelve, but it won't explain anything. But it'll. How do I want to say this? You'll get a a very big dose of the Viper in 13. And then in the second arc, you piece him together. And by the end of end of the second arc, you figure out who he is. Okay. It's very, very important to the story. You're killing me. 
You kill him. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> All right. Before we it, go, though. I think we're at the time, guys. Yeah. yeah we're at the time. Before we go, where can everybody find Path of the Pale Rider across the internet? Well, um, we have a website called pathofthepalerider.com that has uh, just about everything on it. So uh, it has stuff about me. It has the artist team. It has art. It has our Kickstarter history if you want to do a little recon and to see, you know, our history and whether we can actually put up or shut up, (laughs) I guess. But we have a blog. We have a shop. So if we are ever in between campaigns, um, you can purchase books directly from me from there. Uh, you can also purchase, uh, I think you can download and purchase books off of the Charter Comics website, chartercomics.com. Um, you can also purchase books. You can, right now it's digital download on any one world, uh, which is in the UK, which is great for people overseas because you can pay in Euro and you don't have to do all the con- crazy conversion and stuff. Nice. So they might be printing some books for me uh, soon. So if you're up overseas and you would like to purchase physical books, we're going to see if we can make that happen as well. Um, but you can follow me on just I'm on just about every kind of social media. Facebook. There's a Facebook group called Path of the Pale Rider. That's the baby. That one gets the first updates, the best info, the polls. We play games. We do just ridiculous stuff in there. So that's where I recommend people go for the best interaction. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's at Lori Calcaterra or at Path of the Pill Writer with a underscore between all the words. And I have like major regrets because that thing is so freaking long. Um, it's that same at Path of the Pill Writer with all the underscores for the TikTok. So you can see me bind books. You can see just shenanigans. You might be able to see new art will drop there with some music, but you can get that in the Facebook group as well. Uh, what else? I'm on Threads. I'm on X. Jeez, I have all sorts of things on YouTube. I have Path of the Pill Rider. I have martial arts. I have I have a cooking list where you can watch me make cheese from scratch. It's crazy. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, it's called Eat Good Food Before You Die. Because <laughs> it's Lori. So I got to add some more stuff for that. I make like coffee creamer and I uh, do like macaroons and uh, braided bread and I do all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, I, I don't know why I have the need to do so many things. I just need to do them. So, yeah, I'm on all the socials. Please come follow. Um, we have a good time. When the Kickstarter launches for the trade paperback, that's February 26th. The best way to get there is either go to Kickstarter and search us, or if you type in pale-rider.com, it'll take you right there. So I hate those stupid links the kickstarter links are like seven miles long yeah yeah annoying (laughs) so we got a short link it's pale-rider.com we'll take you right to the kickstarter every time it will never change so come check out all the cool stuff we're going to continue building the poker deck as well yes yes we're going to unlock more cards every 50 backers we get uh we'll unlock more poker cards and um i think that's all the good merch that i had at is there? Oh, there is the pinup of the <laughs> zombie girl that I showed yeah. you. Her, her name is Lola. <laughs> For reasons you know. So, <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. And I love, I love this show. I love hanging out with you guys. Um, when you were like, "Hey, come talk with us," you know, real quick, and I was like, "Yes, 
Uh, they're yeah. like, here's the link. I'm like, yes, I'm I'm here. I always have a good time on this show. I love you guys. So oh, thank you. That's very kind. If you would like to be part of the show, draw a fake comic book cover and we'll use it to promote our new episode online. If you'd like to promote your music, send us your MP3 and you can have a musical spotlight on the show. Plus, we'll add you to the link on our music page. We have three t-shirt designs. Find them on the sidebar of the blog. Listen to the show. Wear the shirt. Until next time, everybody. Read. More. Comics. You can hear our most recent 20 episodes on iTunes. If you would like to hear our older episodes, you can find them on our blog. Just go to bunchofdorks.com and click Click on the Cyclops. Your Dimension can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, rate, leave a review, tell a friend, or like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.